Hello and welcome to Eventful, the podcast for meeting professionals. I'm your host, Lauren Edelstein with North Star Meetings Group. Eventful, the podcast, is our way of inviting you to join some of the interesting conversations we have with people in our business about topics that really should be on your radar. I look forward to hearing what you think, and please be sure to subscribe. In this episode of Eventful, North Star Meetings Group's Deputy Editor, Alex Palmer, looks into how planners are leveraging CVBs for a growing number of services, working with them as true partners in their business gatherings. Convention and visitors bureaus have traditionally been viewed by planners as a handy resource, an organization with useful info about a destination's latest updates or available attractions. But recently, this role has significantly expanded. In the report, The CVB and the Future of the Meetings Industry, from market research firm Destination Analysts, 16.3% of planners cited partner advocate in meeting planning as a benefit provided by CVBs. That's up from just 5.3% of respondents who cited that benefit last year. CVBs have evolved from service provider to partner, expanding the ways that planners can take advantage of their offerings. These growing offerings and how planners should be utilizing them is the topic of today's episode of Eventful, the podcast for meeting professionals. But first, this episode is sponsored by Visit Seattle. There are countless reasons to meet in Seattle, from a world-class convention center robust hotel offerings and diverse venues, to an epic culinary scene and iconic local experiences, and an underlying spirit of innovation, Seattle has the infrastructure and allure you need to make your meeting a success. Together, we can help you create a legendary Seattle meeting experience that's full of local flavor. Start a conversation at visitseattle.org backslash meetings. The role of CVB's Convention and Visitors Bureau has grown significantly in their value. You know, it's really not just about stage and spaces. It's not just about finding hotel rooms and convention centers and meeting rooms. That's Melissa Cherry, Chief Operating Officer of Destinations International, the professional organization for CVBs and destination marketing organizations. It's real less transactional, I would say, at this point, and more of about an emotional exchange between what the meeting planner needs and can get from a CVB in terms of of really solidifying what they need to get a meeting in a destination, host a meeting, and then have a successful meeting at the end. So really taking a bigger picture approach. Yes. Uh, you know, the, the, the bigger picture is CVBs are playing a critical role in terms of that whole event design experience, experience of the destination, working with their partners in that destination to really be part of the collaboration that happens when, when a meeting is, is hosted in a city. Something that we've talked about before is this idea of, of destinations as knowledge hubs, as, as places where there's these resources that a CVB can tap into in a way that maybe a planner might not be aware that there's these intellectual or, or industry resources and, and the CVB is kind of uniquely able to, to provide that. Tapping into a city's knowledge hub or their intellectual capital or, I mean, just the resources that they have from talent from across different verticals of technology, for example, to medical, to research, to automotive. The list goes on and on as you go from destination to destination. But the tapping into that resource in the city for a meeting is really, really critical when you think about it from a branding perspective. One, from a meetings perspective, or a meeting moves from city to city, for example, and they look to grow attendance. They look to have different experiences to 
kind of really drive what they want to deliver from a business outcome perspective, that intellectual capital adds to that particular experience in that particular city. Cities have great culinary things. They have great breweries. They have great arts and culture resources. But really tapping into that individual that can speak to those that's only going to be experienced in that city, really what this differentiates one meeting from the city to the next. And, and that's how I think CVBs can really help meetings continue to be successful for their clients. I was just recently in Columbus, Ohio, when they hosted the ASE um, annual convention in August. And it's a great example of how that team at Experience Columbus really worked with the planners of ASE and their leadership to bring Columbus to life. Their stakeholders were involved from start to finish, even stakeholders, including the mayor, at the table in terms of planning. And you saw that resource of being tapping into restaurateurs and entrepreneurs like Jenny Breitenbauer, who owns Jenny's Splendid Ice Cream. She talked about her entrepreneurial experience and kind of how that turned into a major distribution of, of her product of ice cream that is beyond Columbus now being distributed in Whole Foods across the U.S. You've got to hear that and just really be able to go down the street just blocks from the convention center and have a taste of Jenny's ice cream. You've got to really see that from like a 360 of how Columbus came to life on stage and then ultimately you can go out and experience in the city yourself as an attendee. We're looking for the destination that we can truly partner with that will take the time to understand who are we, what are we trying to accomplish with this event, and how can they partner with us to help create the most successful event possible by our measures of outcome. That's Greg Talley, president and CEO of Talley Management Group, an association management PCO and consulting company in the not-for-profit space, which has been in the business for more than 30 years, doing events of all sizes around the globe. He's had a lot of experience working with CVBs and tourism boards and has found growing value in those organizations that showcase just the kind of industry experience Melissa described. The term that's really being used now is whether it's knowledge clusters, intellectual capitals is, is being used in Europe. This idea of for destinations to be really successful, they need to be laser focused on what are they better at, if not best at in the world. And that should be where they really focus. Yes, you're always going to have filler business to, to fill it in. But to make a name for yourself, you really kind of need to identify what are our key industry segments and how do we chase those and, and bring together all the assets that allow and enable us to say we're best in the world or world-class in whatever it may be, and then chase that relevant business and then connect that relevant business into those assets. And uh, as I said, I think too few cities are addressing it that way. And that's frustrating since we kind of seem to need to keep pushing those buttons to say, stop talking about the other, and we can get into a whole discussion about the focus on uh, contracted room nights, but let's start focusing on the other assets that are going to make a difference. Because frankly, that's the only way you're going to distinguish yourself. We frequently call it the Singapore model. I mean, that was a nation that very early on recognized that business events was going to help them deliver on their key industry sectors that they wanted to develop and they wanted to be world-class in. So they built an entire strategy around this, and that probably started, gee, 10, 15 years ago. Australia has been super good at this. Um, Sydney's probably one of the best at really focusing on what they were going to be good at how they were going to connect that through and the sorts of outcomes that they could, could help deliver. Frankly, it is a little bit more of a business-related conversation than a sales-related conversation. So it's more about actually getting to, un A, understanding 
what your assets are, therefore allowing you to target and then come after the business and be able to talk about how you can connect those assets and how you can deliver on something that actually is going to help me rather than the standard, here's our list of services, tell me which brochures you want when, um, and you know some of the standard offerings. They need to be customized to the top level clients that they want to go after. And the key here, Alex, is really connecting this through to economic development. So when it's clicking, you'd have a bureau that is aligned with the economic development office and their destination that is connected then to their major businesses and connected to their major educational institutions. And they're having that dialogue and driving that dialogue about what are we putting the stake in the ground for this destination to say we're going to be best at or that we're going to hang our hat on in economic development terms for the next 10 years. And that then allows them to focus on how they come to me. If I fall into one of those areas, man, they ought to be able to, and we can do this today with big data, zero right in. What are the top 25 groups we need to go after in each one of these vertical areas that we're going to have a unique offering to give? And let's become best in class in these in these particular fields. And it seems like it's those extra steps of just identifying what this organization would be needing, what kind of intellectual resources they would want to be tapping into, and making those connections, not just handing a list of contacts, but actually maybe reaching out that the CDB can kind of play that role of hub connecting the conferences or associations with these universities and local businesses and things like that, that maybe that's where the line could be a little stronger. Here's a great example. I was in a, uh, a top 15 market city uh, with working with their bureau and they said, hey, we're really good at this convention services thing. We get it. We're world-class, you know, healthcare is us and we know it and we're good at it. So I said, great. Can I talk to one of your big customers in this area? They said, absolutely. When I talked to the client, I said, uh, how was your experience with customer service? What did you feel? Did you get what you were looking for? And she said, well, not really. She said, I kind of got what I get everywhere else. And I said, oh, you know, I understand this city claims it's a, a cluster in, in your particular industry and that they really could connect you through. And she said, that's what they said. But when I asked, all they really gave me was a list of contacts and phone numbers. And she said, frankly, that's not what I was expecting. I was expecting them to be able to personally make those connections, really get it, really tie me down into those assets in their destination, and then facilitate the dialogue as to how that could benefit me. And she said, that just didn't happen. So I don't really see them any different as anywhere else at this point. So here's a city who thought they did it, was actually talking the language, but when it came down to actual delivery, was failing. And I think that's a great example of where kind of the disconnect is. We're getting better at the language, but we're not delivering um, effectively uh, to client expectations. What about from the planner or client standpoint? What questions should they be asking CDBs maybe to help make it clear what they're looking for, how they can create this stronger partnership that really will uh, create a more mission-based event? Yeah, so I think, you know, when you look in the RFP area, um, number one, kind of asking for examples of what they've done in your particular vertical uh, industry segment to kind of say, give us an example of where you've worked with someone in our vertical and how you partnered with them to ensure the outcomes, um, business outcomes of their event. That pretty quickly forces a destination to come up with an answer. Um, and give you a case study. And obviously that case study is going to come with a contact and you're going to be able to verify pretty quickly whether or not they can actually deliver on what they talk about. So I think that's kind of question number one. You, you can't really fudge that. 
more broadly, when you've worked with CDBs, maybe if you have other other services or connections that they've been able to make that you can think of that yeah. maybe in more, you know, last year or two that really shows a good example of this stronger partnership of CDBs yeah. really going the extra mile. So the, a great example is one you, you actually mentioned the term kind of this mission-based uh, site selection process. And we were working with a large national meeting in literacy and their approach had always been, hey, we're a big meeting, you know, typical kind of approach, here are our requirements, and, and send out a bid. And we said, gee, let's, let's kind of turn this around, and let's approach it from finding a destination that's willing to partner with us creatively on tapping into literacy in their destination. What are some of the partners you can bring? What are some creative ideas that you could lend to the lead up? the delivery and the leave behind, the legacy, if you will, around leg- around literacy, because that's what we're all about. And what was just fascinating about it was it completely changed the conversation we were having with the cities that, that came back to us. We weren't talking anymore about dates, rates, and space at all. The exciting part was to watch the cities get creative and say, wow, you really did just tap into our mayor, our governor's you know, number one priority plan that we've laid out of how we think we could help you course of not only the year leading up to your event, but during your event, and then talk about legacy. All of a sudden, the dialogue completely changed. Now we're having a really creative discussion. Now they're providing assets, ideas, and creativity about how we can be successful. And that is a much better place to compete. And that's starting at right, you know, at the RFP stage. So exactly by the right. time you get to actually selecting which site you're going to have, once you have that that mission based approach, you're really going to be building a strong partnership from from day one as the planning starts moving forward. Exactly right. And guess what? That whole discussion and that decision is not going to be based on space dates and rates anymore. If I find a partner that's ready to to commit and really partner to what we're trying to achieve, I'd be willing to do almost anything to get in there. You want me on a different pattern? Let's talk about it. Your rates are a little bit higher. That's not my concern. My concern is you're going to help me have an amazing event that furthers the mission of my organization. That's a no-brainer. Is there anything else you think should be mentioned about this approach to working with CVBs and, and how to make it more effective? Yeah, I think one of the other things that CVBs are really slow to kind of get to is recognize what are the main issues that global planners or even national planners are concerned about, and then address it holistically up front. So safety and security, for instance, is still the number one concern on any planner survey that you do. That is a number one. And yet there are too few destinations that can come to that conversation proactively and holistically and and say, here's what we do about this. Let us show you how you will plug into our system to help you be as safe and secure as you want and need to be in our destination. Because otherwise, what planners are saying is, I still have to go force a conversation at the convention center. I still have to go force a conversation with my hotel partners and then with the city the police department, local police department, they're saying, why should I have to do that when you all know this is a number one priority for me? And security is one of these areas that you really want to have all the dots connected. You don't want to have to be putting this together piecemeal and working out with each partner you're working with, the convention center, the transport, uh, you know, the tour Absolutely. operators. It's, it's going to work much more effectively to have that all connected, which that's a great place for the CDB to be making those connections. 
Yeah, and bringing them to the table. So, you know, a great example of this, a city I'm doing a fair amount of work in for a large event coming up next year is Detroit. And from day one, you know, we said we're approaching safety and security with this event differently because it is 60,000 people, because it is soft target. Um, we want to have a much higher profile and, and look at this entirely differently than we have before for this event. What can you do for us? And they said, we got it. We're not, not a problem. We're going to assemble the team and bring them to you and you'll be able to see who they are, that they know each other and that they're prepared to sit down at the table and make this happen. And they did. And it was a noticeable difference than the way I've seen other destinations approach it. You know, Detroit's had a reputation uh, for years in terms of crime. And um, that's a concern. And it's actually kind of their number one concern when they go to market. And in hearing this and having the discussion and spending time in Detroit, I kind of said, I don't buy it. I don't buy, having looked and been in downtown um, Detroit Central Business District, I don't buy this as a problem. Show me the data. And they kind of said, well, that's a problem getting it. And I said, well, then I, I don't know how you're going to deal with the issue if you can't get the data. So finally, they're able to get the data and then work with a third-party independent um, agency to look at comparing central business districts in their competitive set and across the, the Midwest in all the key crime areas, everything from murder to larceny to car thefts to break and entry in, in cars and everything else. And in none of those categories was Detroit number one. You now have data to be able to say that that is not true. So put it out there. But the fact is, once you start having the data, once you started doing this proactively, you can completely change the discussion. Another fascinating example of this is I just was in Israel for the first time. Beautiful country, great facilities, uh, amazing people, food, Mediterranean culture. And sitting down with them, they said, you know, security's been a, an issue for Israel for a lot of years, and we're not sure how to, how to deal with that in today's world. And we said, well, number one, you know, 15, 20 years ago, this was a major concern that did seem focused only on the Middle East area and Israel in particular. But look what's happened in the last 15 years. You know, you've kind of, the world's gotten much more level and equal when it comes to terrorism, when it comes to this sort of thing around safety and security. And we said, frankly, your selling point is you've been dealing with this for the entire uh, existence of your country. Probably no one's better at it than you are. So for an international event, where would you rather be? A destination that doesn't take it as seriously and might be have some cracks in terms of where someone could get in and create something, or a destination that is the best at it in the world. <laughs> that starts to change your thinking. And now it's not a not a liability, it becomes an asset. And you can imagine how that approach would apply to a number of other areas, whether security side or uh, things about you know data protection and those kind of issues as well. Interesting time in uh, in our in our space as it always is, but uh, some key issues here in terms of where we're seeing the some of these trends go, and I think real opportunities for bureaus, DMOs to create better partnerships with their top level clients. So, what should a planner ask of their CVB or DMO? DI's Melissa Cherry again. They should ask everything. I mean, every question is valid, and the bureaus are there to answer any question that a planner may have to really to the planner's advantage to just lay it all on the line and and kind of put the questions out there so that they can service their meeting. I mean, you think about some of the resources that CDB bring to the table, like uh, negotiations with partners in the city, access to spaces 
that may be unusual, getting access to, again, those knowledge brokers that are in the city that can bring content, um, attendance growth. I mean, there's just, there's just anything that's out there that a, a client is looking to have. The CDB will try to accommodate. And the best part about it is all of those services are provided to the planner for free. One of the other points that seems to be evolving in, in some ways is, is the, uh, this, the, the customer advisory board. Yeah, it, it really is evolving. I mean, uh, you know, customer advisory boards have been around forever. You know, they are standard practice, I would say, across CVBs in that they have their clients sitting in a capacity to advise them and give them insights. And where they're evolving is that they're moving away from just being that in the hotel meeting room experience and being offsite within the destination. In the last couple of years, Seattle had uh, reinvented their customer advisory board experience where they did just that. And, you know, you know what the experience in Seattle, they have those headquarter hubs of Microsoft, Starbucks, uh, Expedia. I mean, there's just so many resources in that city where they can experience and actually go out and have meeting experiences that are beyond a convention center or a hotel. And so the great part of what customer advisory boards deliver in the end is that they are able to bring back those stories. So essentially, the the customer advisory board members become almost advocates on the Bureau's behalf. Planners talk to each other all the time. They share their experiences. They're able to tell those stories of those experiences they had in those destinations um, and really generate some word of mouth. And, And again, it allows that branding and that sense of place when, you know, a customer advisory board comes to an end and the experience for the city has kind of been laid out before them. If a planner starts working with the CVB at the point of just researching the destination, a lot can grow from there. And going from that research phase to being that definite booking, and then moving into a space where then the CVB is able to service their client service teams at in bureaus that help from start to finish really execute on what the objectives are that they're trying to achieve for their meetings. And it's really uh, essential in, in kind of thinking about you know, how this whole business events industry comes together with the CVB kind of being right there um, at ground zero when it comes to planning meetings with a client. This episode of Eventful is brought to you by Visit Seattle. One of the ways that CVBs enhance events held at their destinations is to help planners partner with local organizations. Visit Seattle offers a great example of this. Earlier this year, they brokered a relationship between the American Pharmacists Association, which held its annual meeting and exposition in Seattle this March, and its Community Service Friends and Pharmacy Project with the nonprofit Mary's Place, an organization that provides safe, inclusive shelter and services for women, children, and families. So this allowed meeting attendees to donate money and supplies during their stay in creative, engaging ways that made a positive impact both on the attendee experience and Mary's place and its mission. Uh, It was a great example of the kind of added value an effective CVB like Visit Seattle can provide to planners holding events in its destination. Learn more at visitseattle.org backslash meetings. So that's it for today's show. Thanks for listening and be sure to rate and review us on iTunes and wherever else you listen to podcasts. 